I'm Sunny. I'm Randy, and this is Bourbon Wine and True Crime, a podcast where three amiable but randomly hostile friends sit down once a week to drink together virtually and discuss true crime. Hello, ladies. Hello. I love your description because uh, I, I hate everyone today, actually. <laughs> Ran- not randomly i just hate everybody no, I hate it's on purpose today. It's, it's on purpose it's people planned, people driving planted. people in walmart people in front of me people behind me i hate all the people all the people suck did you get some of the the, the slow walkers in front of you oh i got the slow walkers and i got you know in, in walmart now they make you self-check out because they trained you for that shit i paid and i'm trying to leave the self-checkout part no, no. and there's two registers like side by side and he's Two lovely ladies have their carts shoved right in the middle, side by side with their screaming toddlers inside, and you can't get past them. So I've already paid for my three items, and I just need to leave. Haven't I paid enough? (laughs) I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, um, excuse me. They don't even, they don't even fucking turn around. Don't even fucking turn around. I just stand there, and I'm like, it's just stuck, stuck behind. It's fine. There's fucking seems fine. All the people. I'll do the I'll do the shoulder tap and like smile way too wide. Hi, <laughs> hi. Can you move? Can you move right now? Because I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, that was that was the whole day. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Well, you guys, I'm just excited that we were able to get together. It is whoo. It's it's been a wild ride recently for everybody. Yeah, it's been a whole week today. It's been a whole week today. <laughs> yep. So we are, uh, we're, we are talking, we're kind of going way, way back into our um, arsenal of topics and I'm dipping right back into our episode one story because I felt like we needed to revisit it. Those were such awesome cases. So we're pulling out uh, Miss Mary Bell today, if y'all remember her. Well, do you, and do you recall before anyone goes and looks for episode one, the audio oh, please, was in yeah, fact, don't. the audio it's was so, so bad. bad. We pulled it. I am going to also redo my segment because that, that one, uh, case involving the two ladies is so fantastic. It so really that is. will be, I am not redoing. Are you redoing yours today, Sunny, or just at a later date? Later date. Yeah. Cause I want to redo, um, I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I want to, I think the first like two or three episodes that we did, I want to mm-hmm. redo it because now I'm getting a little bit better at the research, but I remember a little bit about Mary Bell. She was the child. Mm-hmm. She was the child yes. killer known as the time side strangler. Yeah. Let's, I, well, let's dive in. Tell me, tell us so, more. Uh, she was 10 years old at the time of her very first murder so she's ambitious at an early age mm-hmm. um and was a, a a nice ripe 11 year old by her the time she had murdered her second and so we're talking about mary bell and this is out of newcastle upon tyne and so that's the why she's nicknamed the tyneside killer or the time sorry the tyneside strangler so her uh let me see i think i have her birth date yes i do okay i won't spoil it it's down in my notes All right. So she had two victims. Her first one was in May of 1968 and she killed her second victim in July of 1968. So she, she was arrested, um, August 1st. So her criminal career was short-lived, very short. I thought that this happened because I remember you covering the case. For some reason I thought it happened in like the 1800s because things in the past, the 1950s, I think, I feel like should be solved 
I mean, it was solved pretty quickly, but it was solved. It just was a very, maybe, maybe we thought that because it was a very bleak time in that England era. Uh, Everything was just gray. Yeah. Just like shades of gray, shades of soot. You know, kids were barefoot. 50 shades of soot, (laughs) slightly different story. (laughs) (laughs) Still rated R. Slightly different. Still rated R. Just not great in a different way. That's right. So, um, all right. Uh, she was born on May 26, 1957. Uh, so she's recently now she should be about 65, 66 years old. So she's not much. She's not very old. I mean, no, um, she was a Gemini and she, Ooh. so, you know, we see two sides of her very much that we'll get into. Um, so when she, after she becomes arrested and uh, we're just going to spoil the story, you know, way to bury the lead. Her probation officer is quoted as saying that um, Mary had made herself into two people for her own sake. So people even saw two like very different personalities from from Mary Bell. All right. So she was eventually diagnosed with psychopathy, which can uh, sometimes be synonymous with sociopathy. Um, But she was... I, and y'all, you guys can tell me what you think. I feel like she's more of a sociopath than a psychopath. Is this, and they diagnosed her when she was arrested at 11? Yeah. I feel like all kids are one or the other. Sociopaths? Totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Toddlers, toddlers for sure. Yes. (laughs) They're the worst kind. There's, I mean, I don't, I have limited experience with kids because I don't like them, but from what I've seen is it's like, they're either super emotional or they have no emotion mm-hmm. and yep. the, the six kids that I know. Well, their, their ability to regulate is pretty limited. Um, I actually just listened to something really fascinating about the evolution when they, when they determine like that they're a different self, like different identity, and then that they have different emotional state. But for a lot of kids, they, the way they feel, they believe that the rest of the world feels that way too. Mm-hmm. so that's part of the reason why it's they don't recognize that other people have different emotional responses mm-hmm. they believe if they're upset everyone's upset that makes yeah. a lot of sense because I feel like they want you to react a certain way yeah and it's because they think that you feel that way when you're mm-hmm. really you're like no so they're just like I want ice cream you're not giving me ice cream and so I'm upset why are you not crying yeah. about mm-hmm. this we don't have ice cream <laughs> why are you why did you I, peel the why did you peel the you broke up the cactus you- you broke. I, I was. I was just talking about that yesterday. It was too. What? So what cactus. So Sonny's little was probably four or five, and I was no. babysitting. Was he, he was? He was like three. Yeah, that age. Yes. And <laughs> he's in the kitchen, and he's he's yelling to, or he's yelling at me. He's like, "I want a cactus," or he was he was asking, and then I yelled to his brother, and I was like, "Hey, what's a cactus?" And he's like, "Cracker." And I was like, "Where are you?" He was like, "Graham cracker." I was like, "Okay." So I just cleaned the house and in my head, if I give a child a whole graham cracker, he's going to immediately shatter it and cracker, graham cracker crumbs are going to go anywhere, everywhere. And they're a bitch to clean up. So what I do is I break little pieces and I put it in a bowl and I hand it to him. He used to do this thing. I don't know if he still does it, but he would, if you gave him something and it was wrong, he'd look at you and then he'd, hmm. he and so absolutely still does that. Oh, so. Can confirm. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm like what's going <laughs> what's going on and his brother's like oh no you have to give it to him whole and I'm like look at me I'm the I'm the adult now 
you're going to make me I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain. And I'm explaining this to this three-year-old. He was very upset with me that, look, you're going to make a mess. I just clean the house. I'm not cleaning up after you. And if, if anyone is questioning this, no, I don't have kids and I have no intention of having them. Um, so you're going to eat this. And if you're not going to eat this and you're not going to eat it, and you're going to go on about your way, this kid threw like a two hour temper tantrum. But by that point I was invested. Like, you are not going to win. So that, that story ever comes up in therapy. I, uh, I take full. He ate the cactus eventually. He eventually ate, ate the fucking cactus. Cause I'm the adult and I'm winning. I also knew I was giving him back in like 12 hours. Fair. When they uh, were with us this summer, I have fed him the same exact thing every morning, like eggs with toast, no butter, because I learned. And yeah, then like one he, morning, he and I are very morning, similar. We don't do butter. One morning, he was like, I don't like the eggs and toast. And I'm like, you literally have eaten it every single day. He's like, they're terrible now. And I hate you. And I hate, and I hate everything. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what to do with that. So you just sit there. <laughs> Long, long story short, every child is a psychopath or a sociopath. Yes. So, okay. We will, now we'll be quiet and we'll let you continue on. <laughs> okay. Whew. So some risks, risk factors of both psychopathy and sociopathy are, um, family factors, including family history, poverty, and being neglected by their parents. And so Mary was certainly she falls in all those categories. So she, when she was born in May of 1957, her mother was unwed. And so at that time, that was a big scandal. Yeah. Her mother was also uh, mentally unstable and uh, she was, her mom was one of 17 other children. So not a whole lot of attention Wait, going on over there. 17. Yep. <gasps> yes. So thanks. Uh, I hate it. Yep. So Mary's mother, her name was Betty Bell, and she also displayed signs of mental illness early on in her life, um, particularly psychopathy. So talking just a little bit more about her mother to kind of understand Mary's very young history. Her mother was a prostitute and she specialized in sadomasochism. And she started selling her daughter, Mary, to clients at an early age of three or four. So reports vary, but she was uh, selling Mary to to her own clients who, and so you're specializing in sadomasochism. You're selling your kid? mm -hmm. So when Mary was born, her mother explained, take that thing away from me. She tried to sell Mary to a woman who was not, uh, the woman was trying to adopt and the government wouldn't approve her so she betty was going to sell mary to her because she wanted a child and the um the woman she'd bought toys and dresses for mary and was really ready to like um adopt mary or buy her from from betty um but mary's sister followed her mother and brought mary back to the family home so she tried to she tried to she the lady tried to buy her but the mom like changed her mind is like kind of what the report kind of says So she could have had like a much better life, but unfortunately she's stuck with her mother. So in her early life, she was, um, wait, hold on. I think. Doesn't all of your cognitive development happen before what? 10 or five. I mean, that's you're still developing. You're still developing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, but isn't, I have to, okay. I don't know. So when, when, well, no, you're, you're, you're right. So the emotional like baseline one happens between ages six and nine. Okay. Um, 
And so like a lot of you understanding like how to appropriately react to stuff like that sort of solidified by nine. Mm-hmm. And so by this time she's three or four, she's being sold to clients by her mother and her mom is giving her pills and giving her drugs. And she had already gone through multiple overdoses by the time she was like five years old because of her mom. Um, she had to have her stomach pumped at one point. Um, and she kept telling Mary to eat the candy. And so Mary would eat the candy and it would make her sick because it wasn't candy. It was drugs. And this can cause like, like you're asking about cognitive ability and um, development. It caused serious brain damage. And so this brain, this type of brain damage is a common trait among violent offenders uh, as studies have shown. So we don't really know exactly who her father is. Um, It's speculated that that it was uh, this person named Billy Bell and he was present in her life, but was also referred to as Uncle Billy. So are they married or not married? You see that sometimes though, whenever it's a a child out of wedlock and the the father is still around, it's an uncle or it's a cousin or- And it sounds like like this was also done so that her mother, Betty, could still receive government assistance because on the books, like she was unmarried with children. And so she could receive government aid. Um, So Mary, when she was very little, she was just unable to bond with anybody else and would often lash out violently. And one time she was bashing Uncle Billy's nose with a toy. And at the age of five, Mary witnessed one of her friends being hit by a bus and be killed. So like when you're talking about trying to understand how to react to situations when, or you're learning how to react to situations and all your life, you've no, it's like extreme ones. It's yeah. It's extreme situations. And no one is, is like really teaching you those like skills, you know? So she witnesses this and it, it was pretty traumatizing for her, but also she, had nothing to process it with. She didn't have the tools to, to do that. Um, when she started kindergarten, um, her teachers said that she was almost always naughty um, and was putting her hands around other students' necks and attempted to strangle them and asked why she would do this. She simply said, why? Can it kill him? Just- if she was being sold to men or whatever they were interested in sadomasochistic behavior, then Mm-hmm. She's probably mimicking something that either she'd seen or that was done to her. Mm-hmm. Or both. So let's get into her offenses. So on May 25th, 1968, the day before her 11th birthday, Mary strangled four-year-old Martin Brown in an abandoned house. She is believed to have committed this crime alone. In a notebook, Mary had written down that she had, uh, she had been with a boy who just laid down and died. Before Martin's death, a three-year-old boy was found behind some empty sheds near a pub bleeding from the head, and he was found by Mary and her friend Norma Bell. So Norma is her friend, but no relation. Mm -hmm. The boy was a cousin of Mary's. They said that he fell, but Mary later admitted to pushing him over the ledge. Um, There were three more incidents of Mary wrapping her hands around the necks of other friends, quote, according to the official report on May 15th. The Bell, uh, the, the Bell girls had been warned as to their future conduct. Uh, and then 10 days later, Martin Brown was killed. So kind of the timeline there is she had pushed this kid off of the ledge. She's like, oh, no, we found him and he's bleeding. And then she later mm-hmm. confesses that she did it. And then 10 days later, she does indeed strangle Martin Brown, four years old. 
So when Martin was last seen, it was approximately 3.15 um, and he was discovered at 3.30 lying on the floor of, an abor of a boarded up house. So like a 15 minute window. Um, three, three boys were foraging for some scrap wood and had found the child on his back next to a window with blood and saliva trickling out of the side of his cheek, cheek and chin. Um, panicked the boys they called out to the construction workers outside who remembered giving little martin some biscuits earlier that day they raced up the stairs and tried to revive him but martin was already dead okay. one of the boys noticed mary bell um, and a friend coming toward the house and stopped directly below the window and uh, mary said shall we go up they squeezed through the boards to get inside mary had brought norma to show her that she had killed martin but they were told to go away the girls then went to find Martin's aunt to tell her that there had been an accident, that they thought it was Martin, um, and that there was blood all over. So they run up to go get his aunt, and they they tell her, hey, come here, like, I'll show you where it is. Um, so strangely, the police could not find any signs of violence. So a bottle of aspirin was nearby, um, and they thought, well, maybe he ate all the aspirin. But there was no visible strangulation marks uh, on her on the child and therefore authorities believed his death was accidental at the time and so the criminal investigation department was not called in in that moment what it asked what did aspirin or because you said he was ble bleeding from the mouth mm -hmm. what did an aspirin yes. cause it i Sunny, don't think so then you're a resident medical expert <laughs> i don't think that would cause what, aspirin causing bleeding a four-year-old yeah i mean so it sort of depends. Like usually you're going to see that from like excessive esophageal irritation. So that usually is going to be like a buildup over quite a bit of time. Yeah. So that's why you see like the, um, the esophageal varices like bursting and alcoholics and things like that, but it's from like continual exacerbation versus it being acute. I don't know. I mean, I don't think if you took too much, it, it could like, it could, irritate the stomach lining enough for your vomiting blood but yeah but like they said like there was no signs of violence and so there was no vomit yeah. there was no markings on him and like the only thing i could think of is maybe she like shoved him in his mouth and like caused like biting like, of the tongue like or something his, his gums to bleed mm. or something like that but maybe like the strangulation maybe he bit his tongue or something but there was nothing i read that they couldn't find any anything of that at that time Weird. and I think we we touched on this uh when we talked about it before but I mean she was all of 10 years old it's not like she's gonna have a lot of strength or force and he's only four so it's not gonna take a lot yeah no to, to cause that so you know just physic applying some physics it's not gonna take a whole lot so that's what I was thinking is it takes usually a lot of strength to strangle somebody, mm -hmm. but these are very small children. These are, yeah. Yeah. Four years old, a, man. Little boy. It's probably a big size difference between a three and a four-year-old and then a, what, 10-year-old? Mm -hmm. Yes. Huge. <laughs> like mm -hmm. double. Yeah. Okay. And even if you're just an average 10-year-old size female, you're still not. I was at least a hundred pounds by then. Well, I okay, wasn't. Well, you weren't. <laughs> I was 100 pounds. I was 100 pounds. Wait, okay. 10 years old. You're what, in like the fifth grade, fourth mm -hmm. grade? Yeah, I was. I like didn't four, grow I was too like much. 45 pounds. I didn't grow too much more than that. Like, it was just. I was, I was 123 pounds at 
18. So I don't, I doubt I was a hundred pounds at the last time I weighed 123 pounds was in sixth grade. Oh, it didn't look good. Sixth I was seventh. five, nine and 123. I looked, I looked very thin. Oh, bubble. You're so thin. <laughs> I hate both of you so much right now. Just shut up. <laughs> I was I thought that I was going to be some sort of Amazonian woman because I grew so quickly I was always like in the back row of all the pictures and then and then I just stopped growing at age 12 and everybody else is like I was like but but I also want to be tall and they're like no you get to be that size forever you're welcome it's very deceiving I was the smallest person in my class until I think the ninth or tenth grade was called Skeletor till my senior year, so I have a I little mean, bit of still trauma from you, that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> olive oil, oh, Skeletor, yep. Skeeter. Uh, um, I was olive oil for a long time. Yeah, I don't remember the other nicknames. There all were those a lot. people can choke on their own vomit. Jokes on you, because they're all fucking fat now, bitches. Yep. I hate people. <laughs> Going back to the beginning. <laughs> going back let's go we're, back we're, we're, yeah we're, we're fine everything's we're fine everything's fine we are healthy thriving adults <sighs> okay anyway going back to this young lady hmm. so no signs of violence so the official report on martin brown was declared uh the cause of death was open the scots wood community uh couldn't simply let go of the tragic death however so they marched and protested against the dangerous conditions of the condemned buildings in the neighborhood. And I remember when I looked at these pictures um, of the area and, and looking for, at pictures of Mary, it's really sad. Like the conditions are just like all shades of soot. Horrible. 50 shades of soot, yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. uh, so Martin's aunt is the one that was the most distraught over this death. Mm-hmm. But Mary and Norma were going over to her house and like, asking questions and prying and it was really giving her the aunt the creeps um and they kept asking her things like well do you miss martin and do you cry for him um and does june miss him i think june was his mother can you do that in a little girl voice please do you miss martin and do you cry for him does june miss him thanks i hate it Uh i can try british if you like oh Do, do you miss martin do you cry for him does June miss him too? Every nightmare oh God, I have tonight. Have there been like a little girl Cockney accent, like going in. Do you miss Martin? Do you cry for him? We, they were we... always grinning, and in the end, I could stand it no more and told them to get out and not to come back. But I wanted lost... to see him in his coffin. We've lost our three listeners. That's all right. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) You mean the three of us? I'll still listen to it. That's all right. I'm making around. (laughs) So it was really creepy because Mary kept asking to see him in his coffin. Um, So Martin's mother, June Brown, was also extremely bothered by the girls. Uh, After hearing a knock, June opened the front door to find Mary standing there. And Mary smiled and asked to see Martin. And I said, no pet i guess that's what they called children Mm, pet no pet martin is dead she turned around and said oh i know he's dead i wanted to see him in his coffin and she was just still grinning uh the mother says i was just speechless that such a young child should want to see a dead baby and i just slammed the door on her at what point is it okay to punch a kid i think you asked that exact same question 
in this case, right about <laughs> the exact time. <laughs> if you go back over a year ago, I think at one point, exact same thing. At one point, it's located. Well, because because you, I couldn't imagine your your child's dead, and then this this sweet neighborhood girl shows up, and you're like, now I gotta explain to her that her friend is dead. And you're probably going through, like, obviously you're going to be going through all these emotions. And then she's like, no, I know. I want to see his body. You little fuck. It's, yeah. and then the, the Norma, the friend, she was mm -hmm. just went along the with family it. too. Yeah. And she was a little bit older than Mary, but she just like did whatever Mary told so her to do. Odd. Do we yeah. know if she was like a accomplice or participant? She, I don't think so. Just an admirer um, it's, it's, from afar. Well, I think we'll get to it. Okay. I think we'll get to it. I'll stop asking questions. Uh, okay. Ba, 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 ba. So Mary's ominous behavior was by no means exclusive to Martin's grieving family. On Sunday, the day following Martin's death, Mary celebrated her 11th birthday. And she did this by trying to throttle Norma's younger sister. So her friend's little sister. Fortunately, Norma's father saw Mary in the strangling the little girl and like chopped Mary's hands away. And he said he gave her a clip on the shoulder. But the day wasn't over yet as the next day, the morning staff at the day nursery at Woodlands Crescents would make a chilling discovery. Um, so now we get to her second victim, Brian Howell. So Mary is quoted at, at saying after she had been arrested, Brian Howe had no mother, so he won't be missed. I can say that in a little girl voice if you would. Brian Howe had no mother, so he won't be missed. Uh, it's a very odd statement coming from Mary. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna well, do creepy little it's, creepy it's, little it's, British girl anymore. Her mother didn't want her. You know, her her mother never missed her or wanted her. And so it was kind of a, an odd comment. Like, well, he has no mother, so he won't be missed. Or maybe it wasn't a odd comment. Maybe it was completely rational to her. I mean, it's like what Sunny was saying earlier about they think everybody feels the way that they feel. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian was only three years old. And Mary and Norma eagerly offered to help find the missing toddler. They led Brian's sister to the exact location of the body. Um, but... Pat, that was his sister, was convinced he wouldn't be there. Mary was disappointed she wouldn't see the horror on Pat's face when she saw the body. The police found the body later that night around 11 p.m. Um, he had been strangled, and the boy had been also mutilated with a pair of scissors. Mary had cut his hair, punctured his thighs, and even cut his penis. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And there was an M carved onto him as well. It makes my stomach twinge what the hell 11 years old uh, among the children who stood out as suspicious to the investigators were 11 year old mary bell and 13 year old norma bell mary was evasive and acted strange norma was excited by the murders and remembers one authority she was continually smiling as if it was a huge joke as the investigation narrowed onto mary she suddenly remembered seeing an eight-year-old boy with brian on the day he died the boy hit Brian for no reason, she claimed. Uh, she had also seen the same boy playing with the broken scissors, but mm. that boy had been at the airport on the afternoon Brian died. By revealing that Mary knew about the scissors, which was confidential evidence at the time, Mary implicated oh, herself. She described them exactly, like silver colored and something wrong with the scissors, like one leg was either broken or bent. 
it was becoming clear that Mary, that either Mary or Norma or both had seen Brian die. And one of them was probably the killer. Brian Howe was put was buried on August 7th. Um, Detective Dobson was there and Mary Bell was standing in front of the house where the coffin was brought out. He was watching her and it was said that when uh, when he saw her there that he knew that he'd not dare risk another day that she stood there laughing and rubbing her hands and he thought oh my god I have to bring her in she'll do another one. Oh. That's at the funeral? Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. So Mary they're starting to kind of zero in on her and mm -hmm when they start questioning her, she makes the admission. She tells one of her guards, murder isn't that bad. We all die sometime anyway. What's the worst that can happen to me? Would they hang me? Yikes. Like her considering her own death. Like, I mean, her childhood her. was so messed up. Was she it, probably has not would feared rather death die. for a long time. Yeah. She's probably not feared death for a long time. So both, so here we, here we get to Norma. So Norma and Mary were both tried for the murders. Um, Norma was found not guilty. She kind of sang like a bird, mm -hmm. um, but Mary was found guilty on two counts of manslaughter under diminished responsibility. Because Britain was not used to incarcerating little girls who murdered the question of where Mary Good. should be placed, <laughs> right? That's a valid problem to have. Um, they, they didn't know where to put this 11 year old, uh, mental hospitals were not equipped to take her and she was too dangerous for institutions that housed troubled children. Eventually the precocious murderess ended up in an all boys facility. Cause she, she was that's weird. even better in an all boys facility. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Love that. So there would be more problems when puberty hit. Right. So despite this, psychiatrists described Mary Bell as someone with classic symptoms of psychopathy and intelligent, manipulative, and dangerous. At her trial, the judge said this girl is dangerous and therefore steps must be taken to protect other people. And he sent her to the Red Bank Secure Unit. Um, and I have on here, and I, I'm sure I remembered who he was, but I don't remember who he is now, but this is the same facility that housed John Venables another oh, notorious yeah, child remember. killer I okay remember. so same same mm -hmm. place um mary bell proved to be a difficult inmate after being tra transferred to a less secure facility in 1977 she and a fellow inmate escaped with the help of two young men who later sold the story to the tabloids claiming she escaped from jail so she could get pregnant in her brief time out uh mary did lose her virginity which i feel like shouldn't be notable for some reason <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's kind of a violation but of just also, basic like given what her childhood was like probably not right same right like but what is virginity except a stupid concept applied yes. only to women there it is yes. there it is wait but hang on so she was in a in a girl's facility was moved to a boy's facility which besides presenting the obvious problems her victims were boys yes uh -huh. and and everyone was just like yeah no, yeah, that's a really solid plan, Greg. This Let's is go a with solid that. plan. Yeah. Okay. Hate people. It's fine. Everything's fine. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could do. 
Okay, so but 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 the circum. Okay, so she she gets out. She apparently has a little fun and you know takes out her virginity to play with it for a little bit. The circumstances placed Mary back in the media spotlight when one of the boys who claimed to have taken her virginity, like oh my god, oh. explained the process and the details in the columns of the British tabloids. I hate, I hate that phrase, like taken her virginity. Like, why would you print? That? How old was she at this point? 16 mm. still a teenager i don't math that's well just, when it comes to years i was a terrible gross. waitress yes yeah, i was like are you 21 awesome great here's your alcohol either that's way that's just gross though because we it, yeah and like you didn't have anything else to talk about right except a young woman you know having sex with consensual sex for the first time probably right. hopefully is consensual <clears throat> Okay, so Mary's incarceration quote is fascinating because at some point she be apparently became reformed. So when she was released at the age of 23, she went on with her life and had a daughter of her own. She claims to be a completely different person than the psychopathic killer she once was. So can a violent sociopath be cured? Was it possible that at the age of 11, she was still psychologically pliable? Was there a moral awakening? as one of the authors suggests. Oh, I don't. Mm. So her experience while incarcerated is worth reviewing. Mary Bell is, was housed at the Red Bank Special Unit from February 1969 until November 1973. Red Bank was a reform school, a portion of which was a high, was high security. By most accounts, the institution was well-designed and reasonably comfortable facility with a supportive staff headed by James Dixon, a former Navy man who was known for his strong moral influence. Oh, yes. I have a mustache. <laughs> Mr. Dixon provided structure and discipline for Mary as she, when she came to respect Real quick, him. why did we all have the same voice for him? <laughs> <laughs> just, just an observation. <laughs> <laughs> we all started out with <laughs> okay we're just gonna keep going all right oh, okay, okay. Oh, so she mary bell was released uh may 14th 1980 and stayed in suffolk 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 how do you say that suffolk 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 suffolk, suffolk. suffolk. hold on i gotta pause now, my child normally normally child i can me. Oh, my say God. that I'm looking it up because I know it for New York it, it's Suffolk. Suffolk. It should be Suffolk. No, it's Suffolk. I, no, you're wrong. Suff Suffolk. So she's released in May of 1980, and her first job. Can you guess where it was? I remember this. I don't like it. Oh, can Don't I let it, it come. It's gonna be there. There's at a daycare. Yep, a local children's nursery. I hate uh, it. But eventually, the probation officer deems this inappropriate it. work for her. Hate it. Hate Did they do a background it. check? I mean, it was 1980. They didn't do a background check on anything. Oh <laughs> you, 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 were like, you know, you know that she was like, <laughs> they hired me at this place. Everything's ah, fine. Gross. I'm doing a great job. Uh, so eventually she did take a job as a waitress. Um, she did attend a university, um, but she got very discouraged. And so she did not stick with getting her education, which you know what? It's not for everybody. That's okay. Yep. So she did move it back in with her, um, 
very abusive mother, however. Oh no. Uh huh. <sighs> and so after she moved in with her mother, she met a young man and became pregnant. Um, and there was a great concern over whether she who had murdered two children herself would be able to become a mother and, and be a good mother. But she did fight for the right to keep um, the child that she gave birth to in 1984. So she did have to, to fight quite a bit to keep her baby. And so I feel like it's commendable for her to fight for that. But at the same time, like, I don't, maybe not a good idea. I mean, I I've know. spoken about this before. Mm. I did, I did things as a kid that I would, I mean, not like I didn't hurt people or animals or anything like that, but I just did shit as a kid that was, I can't even begin to explain. Yeah. Just wild, you know, shit. So again, it wasn't to the level of murder, but I can say that me personally, the person that was- It was murder light. It was murder adjacent. <laughs> it was a lot of ruminating about murder. And, um, but- the person that like I was as a child when I was as a teenager and that I was as a, you know early 20s and I'm now in my late 30s are wildly different mm -hmm. so yeah. I think it is possible that I think people can change I do but, too. but what I get caught up on is that she tried to work at a daycare I was like if you were if you were really yeah. remorseful I think like you maybe just don't do that don't <sighs> be respectful that's fine maybe not cross that boundary do we know how she treated her her daughter? Yes. So um, I'll just kind of get to the meat and potatoes of her her later life. She gave birth to her daughter. Um, she tried. She was given uh, a what is it, when you get to live in witness not witness protection, but you're you get to change your identity. Yeah. So once she was released, she got to change her name so that she could be uh, try to be anonymous. And so she, her and her daughter would go and move into small towns and she would work at like odd jobs as a waitress or whatnot. Um, but when like her neighbors would try to like find out her story and then she would be eventually discovered, you know, people would be very angry at her and, and want her out of the, their village or their time. Yeah, very fair. But it's not fair to her child. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not her daughter's no. fault, right? That's not her responsibility. So they ended up having to like leave town in the middle of the night with like blankets over their head and try to like get somewhere to, to, to be safe. So it's never really said that she has flat out, like said like, yes, I'm guilty of this. Yes. I did these crimes and I feel bad and I'm remorseful about it. Like she's never said that has, had those words, but her actions lead us to believe that she's reformed. She's a functioning member of society that like she is kind of the exception to the role that she went through the system. She went through, you know, the horrific trauma of being a, a child sex slave and to sadomasochists and a mother who didn't want her and these horrible things. And she came out the other end and was, became a mother herself. She was part of society. Um, she became a grandmother and a loving grandmother. And um, there was a book written about her in the late nineties and the author um, gave her part of the, 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 the residual money from the book that was being sold, which angered a lot of the people mm -hmm. or it angered a lot of people because a, a lot of uh, Martin and Brian's family were still living at the time. And so they, um, they didn't appreciate that. And uh Randy, if you will give me permission to share my screen, I want to show you two some pictures really quick before we just wrap this up in a, in a neat little bowl. 
Little it's going to be just book. a nice little book that this crime is going to be wrapped Let's up. Let's see. In. Wait, can we do Little Girl Cockney accent again? Is it? A little bow. No, that's terrible. I, I can't remember. How I want to be wrapped up in a nice little bow. Can I be in a bow? <laughs> like a little present. I'll be in a bow. Present. You can't put me in a bow. I'm, I'm removing both of you. How do I, how do I give you permission? <laughs> She's like unsubscribe. I <laughs> Yeah. It says host I... disabled participant screen sharing. Oh, I had to make you the host last time. Okay. Okay. Cool. Show us a couple of pictures, are you? I do. <laughs> now, you sound like a little shop of horrors. Oh, oh, Audrey. She Audrey. Is... Okay. So close your eyes real quick. Hold on. All right. All right. Okay. So this is, okay. I can open your eyes now. So this is Mary <laughs> Bell as a 10 year old. No, she's... I'm sorry. She's 11 in this picture. Look at this little sweet baby face. Oh. I mean, I know there's like some, like looking at her eyes, you're like, Ooh. Okay. So here's like her May 25th, 1968. Again, when she's little, and she's these a... are the little boys. Oh, no. oh, babies. The one on the left is Martin, and the one on the right is Brian. Brian doesn't even look real. I know. He looks like a little doll. Baby. Little cheeks. Little baby boy. So she does grow up, and she uh, is released at 23 years old. And these little boys lived to be three and four years old. And she had tried to, she pushed a third one. If you remember, she had a, right. a third attempted. Yeah. Um, of her cousin. One of her cousins. Is she still around? She is. She's alive. Um, I think this is her right here. Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, but she just tries to live in anonymity mm -hmm. with her, with her daughter and her grandchildren. So that's the story of the Tyneside Strangler and uh, her victims' families are still mourning the loss and the grief of their babies that were taken way too soon and who can blame them. But also, I, you know, what's, what's the opinion on Mary Bell? Did she, did she truly become a reformed person or is she just a really good actress? If so, she's kept up her act for a hot minute now. Yep. I mean, so that's it. That's the story of the, the Tyneside Strangler. The very Bravo. first case that Bravo. I covered. Bravo. And one Bravo. that I... Bravo. I Bravo. Golf clap. Now I sound like salad fingers. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, gross. I don't know why that's just grossing me out, but it does. It well, it's kind of a gross cartoon. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll definitely be going through and, and revising um our our in particular our first episode was so bad. I'm clear um, why I'm it... why I'm single, ladies. I don't know why. You know, I'm I've single. tried to find you some good old southern boys down here, but Hello, you just don't seem fellas. to be going for the bait. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the Calvin peeing on the American flag that's doing it for us, but I tried to find you more. There's nothing I could do. Maybe they should do speed dating at Wet n Wild. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. So you can find us on Instagram at Bourbon Wine and True Crime. You can find us on all of the social media sites and the Facey Spacey at yes. Bourbon Wine and True Crime. And you can email us at Bourbon Wine and True Crime at yahoo.com 
Yeah, and you if can. you if you liked this episode or found us remotely entertaining, please like and subscribe. Leave us a comment; we'd appreciate it. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover, give us a suggestion, and we just might uh, we just might use it. And if you're interested in sponsoring the new uh, speed dating at Wet and Wild Water World in El Paso, <laughs> Texas, then uh, you know, holla we at your are girl. Here for it. We're here for it. <laughs> holla at your girl. Holla at your girl. All right. Thank you for and, listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Love you.